5, Galatians chapter 5, <clears throat> and then uh, page 36 in your notes in the book, page 36. Uh, we have, we're, we're almost done with the section of uh, knowing God and uh, trying to wrap our head around uh, all the attributes of God and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Uh, so Galatians in chapter 5, and then page 36 in your book. I have uh, tried my best to help everybody and myself understand who God is, which is, it's an impossibility uh, to understand his attributes um, uh, when you're when you're, you know, yesterday, <clears throat> I talked about it a little bit this morning, but <clears throat> yesterday I had an opportunity to go out in the, into the desert, and I, I went to a place I hadn't been before. It was uh, a new a new spot for me. I went out kind of between Fallon and, uh, well, actually in Hazen, out behind in, behind Hazen, and and uh, uh, drove out there, and uh, I stopped out in the middle of nowhere, and I, I saw a mountain, and I said, you know what, I'm going to walk up there. And I hiked to the top of the mountain, and as I as I sat on the on this on this drop off or a cliff, if you would, and I looked out over the the valley facing Fallon, you could see Fallon off in the distance. As I sat there, the immensity of God just kind of hit me. And made me feel so small, and that was that was a good thing, because I think I think that we need to be reminded often about how small we really are, and how and how big He is. And uh, I, I just appreciate that so much. Yes, yesterday was was a real blessing, and and um, but it just times like that helped me put things in perspective. And uh, so anyway, <clears throat> page six, uh, where we left off last week, it said some of God's attributes he wants to develop in us. And uh, what <clears throat> we talked about um, uh, communicable uh, uh, attributes of God that he wants to develop in us. Um, so that's where we left off um, your, your first blank here for tonight. Uh, even as God uh, created us in his image in certain uh, capacities he desires to make us in his image by developing his characteristic in our lives now again i don't know about you but i find that statement to be incredibly scary the fact that an almighty holy god would want to share his attributes with a dirty, rotten sinner. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I, you can, you can, maybe you can enlighten me, <laughs> but I don't understand it. The fact that he, he, he wants me to love like he loves. Let's look at the next blank. A partial list of some of these attributes is called the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> uh, in the book of Galatians, we will study a list and how the Holy Spirit develops these characteristics in a more thorough, uh, in, in more thoroughly in lesson seven. So we'll get to that in lesson seven. But I, we are going to look at the list here. Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> let's start reading in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, I want to, and, and we'll, again, we'll talk more about this uh, when we get to lesson 7. But I, I want to I, I kind of point out right now 
that <clears throat> oftentimes when we read this, this passage, we, we think that, the, the, that this list is a list of individual things. And that, that's not accurate. It is, if, you look at this, if you look at this, this is really important that we understand this. <clears throat> uh, look at verse 22. It says, and the fruit... That word is what? Singular. So the list that follows is a list of singular fruit. It is not that we can pick and choose and we can say, okay, um, uh, love, joy, peace. Okay, I'll take those three. But long suffering, I don't want anything to do with that one. <laughs> you know, this is, not a, this is not a shopping list that my wife is sending me to Rayleigh's to pick up a bunch of fruit. Okay, this is a list that if we allow these things to be a part of our lives, they will then equal the fruit of the Spirit. Next blank. The Bible promises, promises us that everything God allows in our lives, He can use for the purpose of conforming or molding us in to the image of Christ. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> now, while you're turning there, I've, I have a question for you. How many of you would agree with this statement? Raise your hand if you agree with this statement. Okay, that, that's most of us. Okay, the Bible promises that everything God allows in our lives, he can use to, uh, for the purpose of conforming or molding us into the image of Christ. That is a true statement. But what does that statement mean? Everything. Good, bad, or ugly. See, everything. And if, if, if we are going to believe this statement, this statement can change our lives. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he, did, <clears throat> he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All things work together for good. All things. That is a hard thing to understand sometimes, is it not? We've all been in very difficult situations. We've all, we've all lost people. We've all questioned that statement. But you have to remember that the God of heaven is the one who made you. The God of heaven knows what is best for you. And you have to remember that the God of heaven will do what is best for you. That's hard to do sometimes. But we have to remember that. <clears throat> and then the last blank here. Well, almost last blank. Uh, the exciting thing about knowing God is the more we learn about who he is, the more we can become like him and his moral attributes. The more we get to know him, the easier that statement becomes. Now, I, I will admit that there are many things 
that happen to us this side of heaven that we will never understand. I, 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 I guarantee we will have those events. I, ha I have had a few in my life. We all have. And if you haven't, you will. It's part of life. But the more you get to know him, the more that statement becomes real in our lives. And then we have three applications here at the end of the chapter that I want to talk about very quickly. <clears throat> the first one is, uh, God has revealed himself to us because he wants a relationship with us. That, that is an incredible statement. That is an incredible statement. After you trust Christ as Savior, he wants you to continue growing uh, in your relationship with him. He wants you to get to know him better day by day, even as you would in a close uh, friendship with another person. Again, wrap your head around the thought that an almighty, holy God wants to have a relationship with you. I can't, I can't, get, I, I, I don't get it. I barely, I barely like me as, as I am. The next application. Growth in your Christian life comes through growth in your relationship with God. We, we talked about, uh, on, on Wednesday nights, we've, we've talked a lot about the, the, the biblical word sanctification. And that is the, the, the transforming that takes place in our lives when we grow in a, in the, with God in our relationship with God, and we become more like Him. We, we become sanctified. And, and, and it, is a, it is a lifelong journey. But the more we grow, <clears throat> the uh, uh, growth in our... Let, let me reread this so that I, I get it from here. Uh, growth in your Christian life comes through growth in your relationship with God. How much time do you spend reading your Bible? Now my my wife is cheating right now, okay? Just just so you know, uh, she she's made a she's made a pledge that she's going to read through the Bible in a year, uh, chronologically. And she's in she's in what is oftentimes considered the hard part of Scripture to read, you know the um, the the begats and the and the uh, you know okay yeah they're numbering everything. So the last, the last week or so, or two weeks or whatever, she walks around with her cell phone in her pocket and she's listening to it. And I said, that's cheating. <laughs> so, so anyway. Yeah, she is. But I'm just teasing because... You know, and the question is, how much time are you spending in the Word? See, see, that answers a lot of the question on, on, on your growth. How much time are you spending in prayer and working on that relationship with God? The next application, the, the, the last one here. Growth in your Christian life is measured... <clears throat> by becoming more like Christ. See, let, let, let me ask, let, let me put it to you this way. If growth was measured by the hours spent reading the Bible, would that be easier than becoming more like Christ? Okay. Let, let, let me let me see if I can rephrase this so you can so you can get it. Um, see, oftentimes we as human beings we measure growth by what we can accomplish. Okay. And 
if let, let's just say, okay, I'll pick on my wife again. She, 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 she has um, committed to reading through the Bible in a year. So if, if let's just say in the, in the realm of spirituality, you know, at the end of the year, because she committed to do it, then God would give her a gold star. <clears throat> okay. It doesn't work that way. The point isn't to read through the Bible in a year. The point is to be more like Christ after the year. See, it, it is not measured by necessarily what we do, but how we do. Yes. And for me, so I've read through the Bible in a year <clears throat> and not felt like I had grown closer through it because I was following a plan instead of reading where God had burdened me to read. But this one, the chronological, sure, Leviticus and Numbers are hard, but what happened in the middle of, in the middle of Numbers and because it was chronological, it had me at Psalm 90. Psalm 90 was written by Moses. I didn't realize that until I had to go there because of the chronological. And it was beautiful to be able to do that. One, it was a great breakout from reading numbers <laughs> and all that. But it was, it was just, I, you know, we think David wrote the majority of the Psalms, not all of them. But so just to see in the midst of that, Moses spoke this time and believed what he said about God. It was just great. It was wonderful. And so that did help me. Amen. Good. Okay, so we have we finished chapter two of of our book. Um, so what we what we decided to do uh, at the beginning of this is in between each chapter we we open it up for questions, so that uh, you know uh, whether it it has to do about the study or it can be about anything. Um, so does anybody have a question that you have that we can talk about before we move on to chapter 3? Wow. Wow, Lori and Brenda. Wow, yeah, you guys are letting me down over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So 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 no no questions. Okay, that works. That's okay. That's okay. Okay, I guess we'll go ahead and move on to chapter 3 to the dismay of the guys in the sound booth. <clears throat> they they had only they had only done slides up through chapter 2. So <laughs> they they're like, "Pastor, are we going to chapter 3 tonight?" And I said, "I think so." Oh no. So, anyway, we can live without slides, I think. Can we? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, just fill in the blank. <laughs> but they're they're back there busy doing their little thing. So, <clears throat> okay. Uh, what page is this? Page number uh, forty-nine. Page forty-nine, chapter three. We're gonna. So we 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 talked about chapter one was about the word of God. Chapter two was about God. Now we're going to move to chapter three. So Sydney, is that a hand up, Sydney? Okay, <clears throat> just just check it. She's just playing with her hair. Okay, <clears throat> stretching your hair. Does that help me if I stretch my hair? You need to help. You need to do your dad's hair. <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> yes. No, I I think that uh, the, the the word void doesn't. It there there it was the earth was there. It just it the earth was void. There there was nothing there. There was no. You know, nothing. It just, just a ball floating around. That's him. Just him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Any other questions? Okay. So chapter three, we're going to be talking about Jesus, and uh, who who is Jesus? Is chapter three. 
Um, now, <clears throat> as, I, as I started thinking about this, I, I, I started asking myself the question, and I'm, I'm going to kind of skip ahead a little bit, and I, I want to... I want to share something with you that that I I came across many many years ago, uh, and I, I thought would be a, a, a kind of a, a help to us as we as we enter into this chapter of who who Jesus is. Um, because we know he's God, right? And we we've we've talked about that that Jesus is God in the flesh, and and we'll we'll talk more about that. But how important is Jesus in Scripture? Okay. 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 He, and, and and we'll we'll cover all this. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is Jesus just in the New Testament? Okay, <clears throat> so he's, okay, say it again. Okay, he's the fulfillment of the prophecy in the Old Testament. Okay, he was at creation. We, we already determined that. But how important is Jesus in the Old Testament? Okay, it's crucial. But how crucial? <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is it is a trick question. It is a trick question. <clears throat> now, can anybody tell me the book of the Bible that God is not mentioned? Esther, the book of Esther and and Song of Solomon. God is not mentioned in either one of those books. But, huh? Yes, okay. We can find reference to Jesus in every book of the Bible. Okay? I, like I said, I came across this list many, many years ago. So I wanted, I, as, we, as we were getting into this chapter, I wanted to share this with you uh, because I think this is important that we understand that even though um, Jesus is not mentioned by name in every book of the Bible. He is he, he is uh, referenced in every book of the Bible. Okay, in Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is the high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar and the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the commander of the Lord's army. In Judges, he is the judge and the lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is the seed of David. First and Second uh, in, in Kings and Chronicles, excuse me, he is the reigning king. In Ezra, he is the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of everything broken. I love I love that, by the way. In Esther, he is our advocate. In Job. He is our everlasting Redeemer. In Psalm, He is our Shepherd. In Proverbs, He is our Wisdom. Ecclesiastes, He is our Meaning of Life. In the Song of Solomon, He is our Beloved Bridegroom. In Isaiah, He is the Prince of Peace. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, He is the, our Weeping Prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the glorious Lord. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Mm -hmm. 
In Hosea, he is the faithful husband. In Joel, he is the outpourer, the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is the burden bearer. In Obadiah, Obadiah, uh, he is our judge and savior. In Jonah, he is the risen prophet. In Micah, he is the ruler of the world from Bethlehem. In Nahum, he is our stronghold. Habakkuk, he is the watchman. In Zephaniah, he is the mighty, uh, the mighty to save. In Haggai, he is the restorer. In Zechariah, he is the branch of David, the one pierced for us. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he is the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he is the servant, the miracle worker. In Luke, he is the babe in the manger, the son of man. In John, he is the son of God, the living word, the way, the truth, and life. In Acts, he is the savior of the world, <clears throat> the ascended Lord. In Romans, he is the justifier. In 1 Corinthians, he is the resurrection. 2 Corinthians, he is our comfort. In Galatians, he is our liberty. Ephesians, he is our he is the head of the church. Philippians, he is our joy. In Colossians, he is our <clears throat> our uh, completeness and the glue that holds the world together. In first and second Thessalonians, he is the coming king. First and second Timothy, he is our mediator. In Philippians, he is our benefactor. In Titus, he is the blessed hope. In Hebrews, he is our perfection. In James, he is the power behind our faith. In first and second Peter, he is our chief shepherd and chief cornerstone. First, second, third John, he is the truth and everlasting life. In Jude, he is the foundation of faith, our security. And Revelation, he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, you can have this if you want. Just remind me afterward, I'll give it to you. <clears throat> I, I like I said I came across that many years ago through a mutual friend <clears throat> that um, shared that with me and and it's very impactful when you understand the impact that Jesus has throughout the entire Bible. See, we tend to limit Jesus oftentimes to some of the Old Testament passages, but mostly in the in the New Testament. But in reality, he's from Genesis 1-1 through the book of Revelation. And we need to remember that. So I, I just thought I'd kind of share that with you as we get started in this study of who Jesus is. Because to me, again, this is just me, that things like that help me put, put it all in perspective. <clears throat> so I hope it does, does you too. So I'll give this to Lori afterward, and then she can make copies of it or Huh? Okay, so. Yeah, I, I don't know who did it. I don't know who put it together, but it, it, is, it is excellent. So, well, it's, yeah, it, yeah. Hey, Brandon, come here. <laughs> Brandon's my go-to guy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Well, they're, 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 but they're in half sheets, so just put them in so that you can. I'm probably gonna mess it up, but I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> how many? How many of you would like a copy of that? Okay, make a bunch. Make a bunch. Okay. <laughs> so, Brandon's a smart guy. He'll figure it out. <laughs> just don't tell him I just said that. Okay. It'll it'll go to his head. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, uh, okay, before, again, before we go any further, anybody have anything to, to ask maybe about what I just read?
Okay, all right, let's go ahead and get started then. Introduction here on uh, <coughs> uh, page 49. Why? Yes, we need extra copies. People are like, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> okay. Um, Okay, about halfway through Jesus' ministry on earth, he asked his disciples an important question. Now, those of you that have been at Grace Baptist Church for a long time know that, that I've, I've preached messages on this, so this is not going to be a big surprise to you. Uh, but uh, about halfway through Jesus' ministry, he, he stops his disciples and he asks them a very important question. Okay, let's read it. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man am? Now, let, let's stop right there. <clears throat> he just referred to himself as what? Which, which to a Jew means what? That he's God. Okay? Okay, he, he, he's telling his disciples, Hey, who do men say that God in the flesh, me, who do people say that I am? Okay, so that's the question. And they, and they said, some say that, that thou art uh, John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So after uh, the disciples answered Jesus' question, which is, which is a, a very accurate, because if we were to go to Walmart tonight, and walk up to people, we would get some of those very answers. Okay? Oh, he was a good guy. He was a prophet. He was, you know, and, and we would get many of those very same answers. Uh, <clears throat> um, so let me start over. And, and the, the, the disciples answered Jesus' question. Jesus asked an even more vital question, a question that you and I must answer uh, today as well. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And that is, this is really where it becomes a critical question. It's one thing to ask the question, Hey, what do people say about me? Who do people say that I am? But the real question isn't, what do other people think? The real question is, what do you think? Because, <clears throat> I'll, I'll be honest with you, prior to getting saved, I, I don't know how I would have answered that question. I, it, would have been, it would have been very difficult for me prior to uh, uh, getting saved to answer that question because I just thought that he was a really good guy that went around doing a lot of really good things for people uh, back in the old days. That's probably what I would have said. But there was a point in my life 40 years ago where I had to answer the question for myself, who do I say? that he is. That is the night I accepted Jesus Christ. See, it doesn't matter what other people think. What matters is what do you think? That is the important question. Let's continue reading. <clears throat> As in the first century church, people today uh, have many views of uh, who Jesus is. Some say that he was a good man, even a great teacher. Others say that he is an imposter, a, a man who claimed to be God but was not. Still others suggest that he was a prophet. Again, listen to this, this statement here. The important, thing is, the, the important thing, however, is that you and I know who Jesus is. Peter gave the right answer to the question in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 and 17. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, what, what, what I find interesting is he had already given them the answer. Remember when he asked, when he asked the question initially? 
He gave them the answer. And Simon Peter answered, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto, the, unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Peter got it right. And, that, and, and, it, and it, <clears throat> it troubles me as a pastor often when dealing with family members. They are dependent on other family members to get them to heaven. Does that make sense? I'm sorry? Se oh, I like that. I'd never thought, I'd never heard that before. Secondhand spirituality. I, I see it all the time. Children depending on their parents to get them to heaven. See, that's not how it works. We, we have to answer that question. Every human that has ever walked the face of the earth and every human that will ever walk the face of this earth will have to answer that question. Amen. Who do you say that I am? Your next blank here, or your, your first blank. I guess this is the first blank, right? You got it ready? There you go. <clears throat> Indeed, Jesus is God. We call this truth the deity of Christ. The deity of Christ. So, this next statement in your book is, I want you to underline it put a star next to it, do something to identify this because this is a critical statement. Okay, those of you that want a copy of that, Brandon has it ready for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, you, just do that, just do that. Just put, a, just put it on the back table. And then, okay, and then next week, next week I'm going to give you a quiz on that, Okay. So you're going to have 66 blanks and you're going to have to fill in the... <laughs> yeah, open book. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, I, I, I've got a copy of it. So, yes, ma'am. Yes. And that one word has fouled up to so many people, so many people believe salvation for one word. Yes. Just one word. And I think that that's, it, 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 it brought that that kind of working through this and people saying, oh, he's a prophet. He's a son of God. Right. He's the son of God. Right. One word changes everything. It, it really does. It, it literally changes it changes everything. And again, this next statement is, why does it matter so much that we know this? Why, why does it matter so much that we understand that Jesus or the, the deity of Christ? Anybody want to take a shot at that one? Yes, ma'am. Okay. <clears throat> Right. Okay. The importance of the deity of Christ. Now, I, I did some research, and I want to I want to share with you some of the some of my findings because I, I think this will help help us understand some of the importance of understanding the deity of Christ. Jesus is. Wait, let, let me rephrase that. Jesus, while he was on earth, made multiple um, statements, and we just read one of them, 
stating that he was the Son of God. Is, it, is, that, is, it, is that an understood? Okay. <clears throat> also, along with that, Jesus' disciples made multiple references to the deity of Jesus Christ. So <clears throat> we have multiple, and we're going to look at some of these in, in a few minutes. But the deity of Christ, um, let, me, let me put it to you this way. And, and I think it's going to, to what you're saying. If Jesus is not God in the flesh, then he would then not be able to do what he promised to do. And what did he promise to do? Okay, he came to save the world. Okay, he didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. And if he is not, if he does not embody the deity of, of, of God, then he's just an ordinary man, and, he's, and he, has, he has perpetrated the greatest hoax of mankind. Brandon? No, it, it wouldn't. Absolutely, uh, the 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 payment the payment for our sin would would be worthless. It would be like us trying to do it ourselves. So it is it is absolutely vital that we get a hold of this idea of, of Jesus Christ's uh, deity. So uh, his disciples claimed that Jesus had the right to forgive sin. Turn over to Acts, <clears throat> chapter five. Acts chapter 5. See, his disciples claimed that he had the, 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 the right to forgive sin. And, and that is something only God can do. Acts chapter 5 in verse 31. He hath God exalted with his right hand to be the prince and savior and, uh, for, to, for, <clears throat> for to give uh, repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. See, that is an attribute. That is, that is a characteristic that only God can do. And by his, his disciples claiming that he has not only the power, but the right to forgive sin, makes him equal with God. Jesus also said to, um, well, uh, turn, over, uh, turn over 2 Timothy. <clears throat> 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four and verse one. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall <clears throat> judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now, he has the ability now to judge the quick and the dead. Now, what does the word quick mean? Is that somebody who runs fast? Okay, that means to be alive. So he has the, the, the again, he has the right to judge the people who are alive and those who are dead. Again, that is an attribute that only God can possess. <clears throat> Thomas cries out to Jesus, my Lord and my God. If you're wanting to write the reference down, that'd be John chapter 20 and verse 28. My Lord and my God. What a statement. 
Turn over to Titus. We're in the T-books, so turn over to Titus. It should be just a page or two to your right. Titus chapter 2. Paul uses the phrase, great God and Savior in verse 13. Chapter 2 and verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, a reference to the deity of Christ. Uh, Turn over to Philippians. Now, I realize this is a lot of work, but this is important. We get this. Philippians chapter 2, let's start reading in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be what? Equal with God. But made himself of no reputation and took upon, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Here we see the fact that he was in the form of God, the deity of Christ. Okay, so, and and I could keep going. So, but the point is this, why is this so important? Because if we don't get the fact that Jesus Christ was the son of God, then what? We we might as well throw this away. God in the flesh. Yes. Absolutely. Why? Okay. Okay. Are are we not? To, I'm sorry. Yeah, there you go. You know what? Hey, hey, you know what? That that that's that, that's an that's an important that's an important <clears throat> that's an important thing. What what church in the Bible? Uh, every time the pastor preached, what church what church in the Bible uh, were were we given as an example that they went home and they and they the Bereans, okay? The Bereans they didn't just oh okay go home and, you know, no, they went home and they studied to make sure what they were being taught was the Word of God. And that is exactly what we're supposed to do. Brandon? Okay, we're going to have to give an account for it someday. <laughs> yes. There, there you go. Okay, but but there, you're, you're missing one, there's one, one more thing that we that we it guards us. Well it does. It protects us. Okay. But are we not supposed to be able to give an account to every man? Give an answer. In season and out. So let's go ahead and go to the next blank. Um, Knowing who Jesus is guards us against false teachers. Hello. We just talked about that. Uh, There are entire religions that, that Jesus is not really God in the flesh. The Bible tells us plainly that these religions are not of God. Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. Okay, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. And every spirit uh, that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of an antichrist 
whereof ye have heard that it should uh, come. And every and, and even now, already is it in the world. Now let me ask you a question. <clears throat> when, when, when was First John written? Or Second uh, John? That was Second John, wasn't it? Or First John? Okay, it's still a long time ago. <laughs> okay, we can we can comfortably say in the first century. Okay, <clears throat> they were having problem with false prophets in the first century. Important question. Has it gotten any better? <clears throat> it's worse now. <laughs> Be careful, Tony. Be careful. <clears throat> okay? <clears throat> oh, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <clears throat> um, okay, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad the microphone didn't pick that up. Uh <clears throat> Um, the problem has gotten worse. Now, what does prophecy say? <coughs> What's going to end up happening in the end times? <coughs> okay, the, the, the false prophets will be even worse. <coughs> and people will believe the lies. It's scary. But that is one of the reasons why it's so important that we get the next one. Knowing who Jesus is will help us share the gospel with others. <clears throat> because the gospel, well, let, let's just read the next paragraph and then we'll be done for tonight. Well, let, no, let's just go ahead and stop there. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just stop there. <clears throat> well, we're out of time, so... <clears throat> <laughs> well, we have announcements and things to do, so. <laughs> no, if I if I give you all, the, then you won't come back next week. So, throw out some throw out some teasers, okay? Okay, Brandon, where did you put those those papers? They're on the table back there, next to Rick. So, uh, if you wanted a copy of that, grab it on your way out. And um, anyway, let's pray. And uh, <clears throat> ask the Lord to bless us this week. Dear Lord, we truly are thankful, uh, grateful for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, we do ask uh, that you would uh, help us as we struggle often uh, through life, uh, not always understanding, uh, but knowing that your peace is available. And Lord, I just ask that you would guide and direct and help us to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.